Hey everybody, it's the WaitingForNextYear.com podcast. I'm your host, Craig Lindell, and I am back to talk about the Cleveland Browns and the NFL Draft, just like I said I would at the end of the last episode. But first, I want to tell you that we are part, we are part, of the Evergreen Podcast Network. It's an it's a local Cleveland podcast network. You should go um, to Stream Evergreen and and listen and check out all the different podcasts that they have going. We are part of their sports channel. All the podcasts you listen to on this feed, plus the the Andy Billman projects, the Set the Edge, uh, Cleveland and Beyond, um, all the different things that he does, the Nail in the Coffin, all these great Cleveland sports podcasts, and maybe more. You never know. Um, but uh, check it out. We're, we're trying to do some some good things in terms of Cleveland sports. I want to talk about the. Brown's draft and, and specifically the reaction to it and the coverage of it. Um, first of all, I was impressed by the draft. I'm hopeful about the draft. It felt good. The way the Browns operated, the way Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski operated through the draft felt very good. Um, you got to like the interview with Greg Newsom. The, I don't know much about Greg Newsom as a player. I wasn't big on Northwestern football, but when you listen to him talk and you listen to the way Stefanski and Barry talk about him together, you you start to recognize the fact that this organization is operating in a different way than any of the ones that we've seen previously. There we've always had kind of a dominant one dominating personality and there were always questions about who's in charge and who's got the power and who is doing what. And a lot of that came from a lack of trust that fans had with the front office or had with the coaching staff or uh, PTSD, uh, sports fan PTSD from past drafts where a power struggle was had and all of a sudden uh, Butch Davis or Eric Mangini are, are out of their lane taking over and and giving us results that we just just couldn't abide by um, the the Mangini second round. I, I'm pretty sure most of us felt pretty bad about that when it happened. Let alone when it proved to be uh, less than ideal with David Vekune and uh, Brian Rubisky and Mohamed Masakwai and all, all the different all the different people that were drafted and brought in by that group. I mean, obviously, this feels very different. When when you see Barry and Stefanski do a Zoom presser and they're, they're joking about, about the idea of one overruling the other or somebody jumping on a table and screaming and yelling for a pick, the way they talk about it, they can't fake that kind of chemistry. And so it gives you comfort. It makes you feel good about them and their process. Later on, I was listening to Nathan Zagura talk to Paul D. Podesta, and he was saying kind of the same things, singing from the same hymnal, I think I said on Twitter. Um, and, and so it, it feels like this, this front office and the coaching staff have a chemistry and a sense of common purpose, and they are making... I don't know if they're making good decisions as much as they're executing a, a good process. And if you if you have a good process, then good decisions should happen more often than not. 
you can't guarantee the outcome, but you can guarantee the work and the process. And, um, you know, Andrew Berry laughed when they asked if, uh, if you went on his own, um, at any point in the draft. And the idea in his mind was so crazy because all the work, all the homework, all the, the setting up and, and scenario building that they had done led to a board and led to a plan. And all he had to do was execute that plan on draft day, not create a new plan, not go on his own, not deviate from that plan. So it's all good. I feel very good about it. And I think you should feel good about it too. It's just, I, I look, and, and maybe this is a problem of me being on Twitter or me paying too much attention to media, whether it's uh, uh, pro football talk or the podcast or anything else. It just, everybody's falling all over themselves to congratulate the Browns on an A-plus draft and the greatest draft and this and that. And uh, I, it's, it, that's contrary to analytics as well. What we know about analytics is it's process over outcome. And the Browns' process was good. And so everybody should look in the mirror and, and feel good about it and, and have high hopes. But nobody knows, nobody knows if Greg Newsom is going to live up to his potential. Um, nobody knows if Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, I've been practicing, practicing that name, nobody knows if he's going to be a key player, uh, a hybrid safety linebacker, the key to the Browns' success. I mean, the, the idea is good. And I feel good about the process. I feel good about adding team speed on defense. I feel good about the Browns focusing on defense on the first two picks. It makes a lot of sense. But there, there's a, a certain level of celebration that I think is a little bit over the top with all we know about the draft. Because what we really know about the draft is that good drafters find good players over a long period of time but if you really hyper-focus with a microscope on any one draft or any one pick, anybody can look like an idiot. Because players are people, and they have human bodies that sometimes get hurt, and they have personal lives that sometimes get in the way. There's no reason, or there was very... You may have always hated the pick of Trent Richardson, but he that guy was undone not by his physical ability and not by his work ethic. He was undone by the lack of structure that greeted him in the NFL and a lot of the off-the-field family stuff that served as a distraction that just didn't exist for him when he was at Alabama. And, okay, so it looks like the dumbest pick of all time, especially because Mike Holmgren traded up. And I agree that from a value perspective... It, it looks like an all-time horrible, horrible draft, horrible pick. But let's let's take the slot. Let's take the, the, the fact that he was like third overall or whatever out of the equation. Trent Richardson should still be playing in the NFL today, probably. He should still be, if not a, a great Hall of Fame running back, he should, he, should, he should still be running in the NFL today. Nobody could have predicted that that guy would hit the road bumps that he hit. And nobody knows what road bumps the different picks the Browns made this this past week 
are going to hit. Now, they picked good players with good heads on their shoulders, and, and they're bringing them into a team that hopes to be able to maximize the abilities of the players as opposed to many of the teams of the past that, you know, Corey Coleman would have a better chance of, of becoming a real player in Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry's Browns than he ever did in uh, Sashi Brown and Hugh Jackson's Cleveland Browns. I mean, that, that just kind of goes without saying. So some of it is you, you also make your own luck. Ozzie Newsom doesn't have the drafting record he has without um, a, a, a good, solid foundation of coaching and organizational um, experience there. Um, the, you can't pick your way out of trouble. It, it's everything. You got to have that chemistry. And so from that perspective, again, I feel good about the Browns. I think we should be celebrating the organization as it is today. But the, there's just none of this means that JOK is going to be the greatest linebacker in the history of the league or that he's even going to he's even going to work out. There is it's no guarantee that that Greg Newsom isn't going to underperform the, what the Browns think he should be on the field. I, I'm not predicting it. I'm just saying that the those of us, and, and especially Browns fans who've studied the draft as in-depth as we have over the years, we know better than to just blanket celebrate on a bunch of picks. We just know better because there are too many variables. There are too many things going on. So celebrate the process, celebrate the fact that these guys are working together, that they seem organized, that they're saying all the right things, and that they gave our, they gave the Browns the best chance to hit on these draft picks, not only from their scouting and their process on draft day, but from the coaching realm and from the organizational standpoint of coaching them up and putting them in a position to be successful. But I just it some of the some of the celebration feels over the top, like like the the team already won the Super Bowl, or these players have already um, you know got their got their bust in Canton, and they're they're ready to uh, write their acceptance speeches into the Hall of Fame. It's a lot of work yet to be done, and a lot of unknowns yet to uh, be uncovered as as we go through this process of of watching them take these draft picks and turn them into bona fide NFL players and productive players on a playoff team that hopes to be a Super Bowl contender this year. Um, so I don't know if that's a contrarian take. It's just, it's, it's a, it's more about process and, and just some of the over the top celebrations that I see. And I'm happy too. It's, there's nothing to be negative about. It's just, we know better than to celebrate before, before the die has been cast. We, we know better, and yet I see us doing it. So that's just my, uh, my, my quick Browns take. I'll be back in a little bit um, later this weekend to kind of talk through the tribe and, and all the things that are going on, and, and that'll just be a little precursor. Um, the, the real tribe talk here happens with the Dairy Brothers tribe cast, but thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. It's been the Waiting for Next Year.com podcast. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. 
From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on.